Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Publishing. Perfect Publishing is a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing is sharing a project of hope. We carefully chose heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Get a dose of hope.com. Our guest today is Iman Agai. Iman is a serial entrepreneur, international speaker, and six time best selling author. He's best known as the founder of Success Road Academy. He's created over 50 courses that help coaches, authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs grow their business aligned with their life purpose. Iman has mastered creating a successful, heart centered business. He believes that all entrepreneurs can build a business based on their life's purpose. His vision of having a massive, positive impact on 100 million people has fueled his love and passion for guiding entrepreneurs to success. Iman Agay has started his entrepreneur journey with nothing. He started a business to survive. After nearly losing his life, he realized he wanted more than just work. He wanted to make an impact. He became passionate about helping others. It's up to you to change your identity to become the person who can fulfill your purpose. Well, Iman, thank you so much for joining me. I'm just excited to have this conversation today. Same here, Robert. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Well, I guess it'd be great if you just share your own entrepreneurial journey with us and, and get us started. Yeah, so that's going to be a long story. <laughs> How much time do we have here? Uh, so... Uh, you know, I started my first business when I was 18 years old, and actually, um, that was when it was legal for me to go register a company on my 18th birthday, and that's when I started my first company. And that company failed miserably, and um, that was a company on something that I had no expertise on, but I thought well, I can make money on this. Which I mean, later on, I realized in life that's the worst decision to build a business from where you say um i can make a lot of money on this so let me go do this you know uh, as opposed to thinking like what do you love really what what's your passion and where do you have connections and relationships or where you want to build connections and relationships and all of those things which i learned years later in my life you know <laughs> but yeah but then um uh back then i was in iran i um i just kind of like was you know uh uh I failed at that business and then I started my other my, my next business the day after I failed at my first business and I sold that business when I was 23 and by 25 I was working as a marketing consultant I was happy but I felt there is more to life there is more that I want to achieve right and I was looking at these people like Brian Tracy Tony Robbins Oprah and I'm like I want to be one of them I want to be the person that is on the stage making a huge difference in people's lives and at the same time has a successful business for himself. So at the time, um, 
I decided to move to North America and moving to Canada was an easier transition for us. So uh, my wife at the time and I uh, decided to move to Canada and I landed here in March 2009, um, thinking that my money is going to follow me. I'm going to have some time to learn English and everything else. None of that happened. I landed here. My money got stuck and I was like, well, I need to go find a job, you know, and 2009 was right after 2008 recession and hundreds of thousands of very qualified people were out of work and um i started applying for one job after another i couldn't speak english properly and um literally nobody even called me back for an interview no one and we got to a point that um we were almost becoming homeless. We were actually 17 days away from becoming homeless. Didn't have money to pay the rent anymore. Uh, didn't have money to buy food for uh, three three meals a day. We were down to one meal a day. And 17 days away from becoming homeless, I woke up and um, and I thought about this. And I said, wait a second. For the past few months, you've gone out, you have applied for a job, and nobody has even called you back for an interview what makes you think that in the next 17 days you will get a job and i'm like huh isn't that definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result right and i said okay you know what even if a person gives me a job in the next 17 days the first paycheck comes 14 to 15 days after that. So I would I would be homeless by then. And then that morning I realized I'm already homeless, but I just don't know it yet. I, you know, I haven't I've gotten a memo yet. And when that happened, I said, if you don't give it to me, I'll build it myself. If you don't give me a job, I'm going to build it myself. And, and, you know, there is a point in your life that your back is to the wall, and you are not willing to take the failure that is about to come. And the failure for me that I wasn't about to accept was sleeping on the street with my wife mm. and trying to hold to my dear life. I was like, no, that is not a failure I'm willing to accept that's going to happen to me, you know? And I said, that fear is so much bigger than all my other fears that are getting in my way. And the fears that were getting in my way were true fears. It was like, you can't speak English. How do you want to get customers? You have never sold anything here. How do you want to act as a marketing consultant? You've never had a job. You can't even get the person to interview you. Now you want to go sell other people's product. So like all my expertise to me were just useless. And like just I had so much fear around like being able to deliver on my expertise. And yet the fear of becoming homeless was much greater than the fear that was getting in my way, mm. you know? And, and so I said, you know what, if you don't give it to me, I'll build it myself. Forget about all the fear. Let's go. Right. And three days later, I found a first customer who paid me $1,800. So I built them a website to increase their sales from the internet. Now there's a long story of what happened during those three days. I'm not going to go down that path because like that's going to be another to like 27 hour story of what happened during those three days. But I found the first customer and that client paid me $1,800 and that money paid for the rent of the month, 
and bought us some food. And uh, at the time, I decided to start a web design company because I said, I can't act as a marketing consultant because everybody is going to say, well, who have you consulted before? And I'm going to say no one and that's not going to work. Um, so I said, I'm going to have a web design company. And, and, and I looked at the web design company as a stepping stone. Um, and sometimes you need to do that. You need to uh, break down your bigger dreams into stepping stones, right? And for me, it was like, I, I want to become a marketing consultant, marketing trainer at the end, but I need to have this stepping stone to give me some samples of work. And the fastest way that you can get those samples of work as a marketing consultant is having that web design company because everybody wants a website. And, and then you can work with them to increase their sales from their inter, uh, from the internet. So they're not hiring as a marketing consultant, but you are uh, very uh, kind of in camouflage providing you know the marketing consulting and increasing their sales and and that's what happened exactly and then the same client next month paid me eighteen hundred dollars and i got another eight hundred dollar per month client and i took that business to six figures uh within the next uh few months and um and that's kind of like how i started that web design company except that one morning i woke up and uh, I went to the bathroom and I realized I'm bleeding internally. Mm. And I was rushed to the hospital where doctors realized I've lost 60% of my blood. And generally, a person loses 40% of the blood, their blood uh, at, is at high risk of getting a heart attack and, and, and stroke. And, and like technically, person has lost 40% of the, uh, their blood is a, is a dead man walking. And I had lost 60% of my blood. So the doctors are looking at me. They're like, we don't even know why you're still alive. Uh, but you don't have enough blood that we can open you up to stop the bleeding because you don't have enough blood to survive a surgery. We open you up. You're dead right this second. Um, so all we can do is we give you blood transfusion and hope that the speed of blood transfusion is faster than the speed of blood that you're losing. And hopefully, if you survive tonight and you are alive tomorrow morning then we can look into other things so this is 10 days before my 27th birthday and i find myself on my deathbed and as i'm lying on my deathbed i'm holding my wife's hand and i'm thinking about the life that i lived and how people are going to remember me tomorrow i realize that tomorrow people are going to come to my funeral and are going to say iman was a nice guy he was a web designer and every single cell of my body screamed that that's not the way you want to die. I didn't want to die a nice guy. I for sure didn't want to fucking die a web designer. Like I, <laughs> you know, like I wanted to die a person who has made a huge, massive impact in people's lives. I wanted to die a person who has, who has changed something in this world, who has left this place a better place than it was before I came. And yet 10 days before my 27th birthday, I realized to that point, I've never lived. I was alive, but I never lived. I never lived through to my heart. I never lived through to my soul. I never lived through to what I wanted to achieve and what I wanted to do. And, and I made a bet with myself. I said, if you survive your deathbed today, if you get a second chance, you will never, ever, ever, ever stop living true to your heart. 
Nice. Every morning you want to put your hand on your heart. You want to ask yourself, is this true to my heart? Is this life true to my heart? And my bleeding stopped on its own, um, just out of nowhere. Uh, and after five bags of blood, blood transfusion, which was half of I needed and all they could give me because it would change my blood actually, because there was more blood than I could actually have. So they had to stop after five bags. Um, I had enough blood that they're like, okay, now you're not in danger zone. You're very low on blood, but you're not in danger zone anymore. They kept me at the hospital for 10 days and um, they couldn't find what was wrong. Um, and they released me uh, the day before my 27th birthday. Wow. And, um, and from that day, I saw every day as a gift. Like that was the biggest birthday gift that I could ever receive, you know? Um, which was the rest of my life technically um the birthday gift was like here is the second chance in life go live your life you know and and from then i dropped my web design company i started uh getting on the stage i started uh living true to my heart and working with people on you know first i started working with people on building a business that is aligned with their life purpose and with their passion and everything else and then as that expanded I learned that there, there are ways to do it even better. And then I started uh, creating and selling online courses. And I realized, wait a second, isn't the job of a mentor telling people what they are doing? And I said, well, if that's my job, then I have to tell people how I'm creating all these online courses, right? So I started teaching people exactly what I do with online courses. And I set the goal to make an impact in the lives of 100 million people before I die. And I said, this is actually the best way because if I can help 10,000 people that each of them makes an impact in the lives of 10,000 clients each, then I made the difference in the lives of 100 million people by using the ripple effect of my impact, you know? And, and, and that's what I started doing and put my heart and all my soul focused on making a difference in the lives of 100 million people uh, before I die. And and everything after that um the success of the company resulted in being able to invest in other companies and other companies and all the other things that happened and um, becoming an angel investor and investing in technology and medical and agriculture and all the other things and somebody said iman what type of cryptocurrency do you buy and i say i invest on people i don't buy cryptocurrency i invest on people i invest on companies i invest on um on people that are making a huge massive difference in other people's lives and and you know not, nothing wrong with crypto but um i was actually the, to tell the complete story i was in this meeting that they were uh going to launch a new crypto and it was guaranteed 15 times the return of your financial investment and and i walked out and um and the person's uh, one of the people came to me and said like why didn't you invest on this um and i said because I invest on people, I invest on the future of the impact that we're making in people's lives. And I didn't see the impact of this in, I, I saw money, but not the impact of this. And and money can go wrong. I mean, there are so many investments that people look at it as like, oh, it's 15 times guarantee. And, and it's like 100% loss, right? So um, we've heard all of that crap a lot. But the one thing that I've never been disappointed in, in is investing in people and some people fail and some people succeed and the ones who fail if they continue going they learn how to stop failing or or they stop failing at failing which is called success you know 
and like when, when you fail at failing is success right so they fail so much and 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 it's the best return on investment that you can ever get and so anyways so so that's kind of my whole journey of like how he started as a failure at 18 and uh failed several times and uh, and then now today uh, probably i think we have investment in 160 companies and i'm active in uh three companies that i'm actively running myself so nice so you mentioned a couple of things i think obviously course creation is is the ultimate web design right i mean it's taking a website and making it productive and making it instead of just being a billboard it's actually teaching and, and making an impact and so i think course creation is the is the ultimate level of of web design um, and so like that, 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 that's where you ended up even after closing your web design company. In a way, in, in a, in a, in a, uh, there was a long journey between, <laughs> between, right. And, um, and I don't necessarily see a course as a website, because one of the things that I actually talk to people is that when you create an online course, it's not just recorded content. It's the community. It's the live training. Like I do a lot of my classes live online. Right? I show up live. I have a student sitting there, and I, and I train them, and I, they ask questions. I answer all their questions. I give them homework. They do the homework. They go to our Facebook group. They they submit their homework. Our mentors uh, review their homework, give them feedback. So it's far more than. I mean, like you can always have a recorded course and and that's great right you can have a recorded course you can put it on sites like udemy teachable whatever you can you can have them right but an online course has far more potential than um than just recorded content you know and um lots of people call it online programs some people call it hybrid model it's just all of them are online courses online programs doesn't matter right and um and, and and it makes a huge difference in in your clients because they show up they learn they do the work and they get results if you do it right and and that's what i teach people is like how to do it right in the way that you can make an impact and at the same time make good income for yourself but make that impact you know uh, robert there are so many people out there in the world that have the solution to so many big problems that people have and um and yet they don't know how to share that knowledge so they stay the world's best kept secret you know mm. and um and and the reality is that they don't want to be the world's best kept secret they want to be the people that are making the biggest impact in people's lives but then they have that fear they have that lack of knowledge they have lots of other things that they don't take action on it and um and that's what we work with people on it's like how to how to package it how to sell it how to find customers and how, and how to make an impact and 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 do what you're meant to do in the world that's so so valuable and that was kind of the next thing i was going to talk about was you mentioned purpose and and, and passion and helping people tap into their purpose and passion and and of course the idea that that not only i mean i believe all of us were born with a purpose and when we can tap into it it's it's exciting to get compensated for it. And so the, the combination of, of purpose and passion with compensation um, is, is like the perfect, the perfect outcome. Right. And, and that's possible for anybody listening that you mentioned it as, you know, they've got the best kept secret. They've, they've got something inside of them that can serve people and, and help people in their pain or their problem or the, the things that, that are happening. And they just don't know 
they don't know how to get it out and then they don't believe right there's their limiting beliefs are holding them back so let's dig into uh, how you help people align their purpose and, and passion with with what the world needs yeah absolutely so there are actually so many different ways and things that 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 we do but one of the one of the things that i do actually we have we have an event called the course creators master plan and at the event um everybody expects to come to the event and we talk about course creation right and i and i tell them like guys we're going to get to course creation but if you want to be a leader you don't want to be a leader who doesn't know yourself hmm. your very first step if you want to build something that is meaningful is to understand you to understand who you are to understand what you want to achieve and 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 that's exactly what we do like we go through uh, uh we go through writing uh, what are the things that they would regret if they died today like like from the um actually well one of my tedx talk is exactly on this topic that's like how to live a life with no regrets right uh and how our small bad habits cause those regrets and um and so I, I play the TEDx talk and um and then after that I tell them like over 600,000 people have watched this TEDx talk and yet I promise you not a single one of them actually sat put pen and paper in front of them and answered these questions but because you are here with me live I'm gonna actually get you to do that and then I get them to get their pen and paper and I get them to write it I'm like if you die today right this second what would you regret hmm. right and then I say well here's the thing if you could write your obituary, what would you write there? How would you write? How would you want to be remembered? Right? What would you write for yourself? Right? You have the right to design it today. Oh, I get so them to actually do that, right? And they're like, this is the person I want to be, and this is the thing, these are the things I regret. And I'm like, okay. So today you get a second chance in life. What would you change? What would you change to live the life that you want to live? And then from there, we get them to write their life purpose, which is what do you, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? And who, and what do you want to have? Right? So it's a to be, to do, and to have list. Right? And, and we get them to actually write this. And it's like what, who they want to be, who they want to be to themselves. You know, so many times I ask people, I say, who do you want to be? Who are you, right? And the person says, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor. I'm like, no, you're not a lawyer, you're not a doctor. You're a person who studied law. You're a person who studied medicine, but that's not your personality. That's not who you are. That's what you studied, which is great. That's what you do. But who are you to yourself? Who are you to people around you, right? And they're like, I don't know, because my whole value in life, my whole worth in life is coming from my job. And you know, Robert, and here's the thing, many people lose their job and lose their entire worth. They don't know themselves at all outside that job, right? Outside that business. It's um, so dangerous that, that we tie identity to career and, and, and clearly our identity is more than, more than what we do. And so and, helping, helping people to to see that, especially, like you said, they lose a job and then they lose their identity. Um, so many people identify as a parent and, and parents a temporary role. And, and so you've got you've to have a plan for what happens after your kids move out. 
because that's a that's a temporary role. It's not a it's not an identity. And so there are so many identity things that that are tied to the wrong. You know, we've made the wrong connection. <laughs> and so that's that's really important to help people find a purpose outside of a job. Exactly. You actually nailed it on the head. That was actually the next thing I was about to say, you know, like so many people tie their identity to another person. Mm. I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm 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 a husband, I'm a wife, right? I, all of those things that your identity should come from within and for you. Who do you want to be to yourself? You know, and it's like when, when a person comes to me and says, you know, like I am um, I'm a mom. I'm a, I'm 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 the wife to this person. I'm the husband to this person, to this lovely person. And I say, OK, I have a question for you. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? And and they say, well, for every person says different things, right? But let's say, for example, they say, that means that I am so in love with this person as my kid, as my whatever, right? As my kids, my, my partner, whatever, that my whole life is on them. And I'm like, okay, so what if we reframe this? That we say, you are love. Mm. You are love and you are capable of this level of love. And you can give that love to one person or you can give that love to so many other people. And so far, you've been giving it to one person and that's fantastic. But that doesn't mean that if you love yourself, it decreases your love from that person or if you love a lot of other people or you love everything you do it decreases your love because if you are love you are capable of a lot more and they're like actually that's how i feel i am love I'm like okay so you are love you are love your light your happiness regardless of the dependency regardless of your job regardless of your kid, regardless, you are love, you are that force. And every person chooses different thing, right? You know, for example, for me, my life purpose is I'm an inspiration. Now, when I say that, I don't mean for people. I mean, for myself, mm. I wake up and I look at the mirror and I'm not happy with something in my health, something with my life, something with my finances. And I say, is that inspiring? And I say, no. And I say, don't you want to be an inspiration to yourself? And I say, yes. So how do you want to fix it? How do what action do you want to take to inspire yourself? And I, I take that action. I take that inspiring action, not for others, for myself. Mm. And just so happens that that leads to me being an inspiration to myself and to others. Because it's comes from me it comes from like for me for me right and and that's the same thing you look at some people and you just feel joy mm. you just feel joy just the person in their depth have that joy that they come with so so on and so forth so um it's choosing who do you want to be to yourself and as the result of that, if you can show up for yourself, 
than to others. You know, as a result of yourself, then you can be that for others. You can't, you can't ever say like I have seen this a lot. That people say, "Oh, I don't need to love myself, but I love this person." And I'm Ooh. like, "Ooh, that's it." If 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 you you, you okay, let's talk about this. <laughs> it's uh, true. It's true. There, and and the same, the reverse, the reverse applies. I deal with clients all the time who say, you know, well, my relationship with my father doesn't impact my business. And and oh. it's like, oh no, <laughs> it impacts everything in your life if you have bad relationships. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner: Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. You mentioned relationships early on about designing your business around what you love, around the connections you want to make, around the relationships that you want to have. So let's talk about the power of relationships and, and connections. In oh, absolutely, I mean the power of relationships is like there. There are several resources that every single human being has, right? Their motivation, their technology, their passion, their um, their relationships, their finances. There are several resources that everybody has, right? And 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 the relationships is probably the one resource that the most resourceful people have. You know, um, when a person is resourceful and has access to the relationships or understand understands how to build the relationships, they can get practically all the other resources. So relationships, from my point of view, is the strongest resource that you can have to be able to get access to all the other resources. I mean, sometimes with finance, you think you can, except that you can't. With finance, there are certain things you can buy, but with finance, you can't buy passion. With finance, you can't buy motivation. But relationships, when you find the right person, just looking at that right person motivates you. Just looking at that right person energizes you. Just looking at that right relationship you get look building that right relationship brings you the finances that you need to look so relationships is something that you can actually is is the is the mother of all resources you know it's a resource that can actually give you access to all the other resources so that's one thing right but also with the same thing with the resources is that the same way that it can bring good things it can take away good things away mm -hmm. from so it's like what you want to build and what type of relationships you want to build and whatever relationship you want to have with yourself all of them are relevant so and always from my point of view it begins with your relationship with you hmm. you know uh, i was actually speaking with somebody yesterday and uh, and she's an amazing manager she's an amazing person right amazing mom amazing manager and everything else and uh, and she had made a mistake, well, a very acceptable mistake, right? A very reasonable mistake. And she had lost her entire worth of, of everything. She was like, uh, every day, every day I go to work, I'm wondering, uh, when am I going to make the next mistake? When am I going to screw up this? When am I going to do this, right? And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. 
this is not coming from the reality of your performance. This is coming from your relationship with you. And what I want you to write for yourself is where you are getting your worth right now. Mm. Write down, write that down. Like when what goes wrong, you think you lost your worth. And after you did that, I want to write where you want to get your worth from. That you are not getting it today. Because everything that you're telling me shows that you are not getting your worth from the places that you want to get your worth from. But you are dependent on all this whatever mindset that you've created for yourself, right? Of course, that made like that just gave her like, wait a second, you're right. I just made a mistake. And like, why am I thinking that I'm not worthy? Why am I thinking that I'm going to make a ton of other mistakes? I'm running like a very successful business. I'm doing all these things and yet, you know, and so um, the relationships begin from your relationship with you. You know, um, this is an interesting situation. Like sometimes when a person doesn't believe that they're worthy of love, Mm. no matter how much love you give them, they can't accept it. You know, after my, and, and this is Robert, actually, this is the very first time I'm actually sharing this ever on in public wow. uh, on a podcast. But like when I separated from my wife, I was the one who actually wanted the separation. But any person who has gone through the separation um, knows that the one who wants usually has some guilt, you know, mm-hmm. has guilt that, you know, I promised all the promises and all the other things and like I'm breaking it up. Anyways, every person has a different, different experience, of course. And, and their partner is a different partner. But like for me, uh, I had an amazing partner and yet I still wanted to separate. And then after that, several months after that, I got to this mindset. I was in this mindset that I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy. I'm not capable of love. And that mindset for several months had impacted me with um, with with like, People showing me love and not being able to accept it, not being able to 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 absorb it, and I was like, wow, you know, I know I'm gonna get out of this, and of course, right now I'm out of it. But like at the time, it was fascinating for me to see how a person can get into the mindset that they're not worthy of love, and no matter how much love you give them, they can't receive. And I was like holy crap, like, it's just fascinating to experience this because I've never experienced this before. And, and, and I was like, wow, okay, so that's going to be great content later on in my business, right? And I want to actually tell you this. Sometimes uh, some members, of uh, audience members hear this and another savior complex shows up and they want to reach out to me and say, Iman, let me show you that you can, I, I already know how to receive love. Okay, but please don't reach out to me, tell me that. But, you know, but like, but, but that part that is like, um, it just was so fascinating for me. It's like, wow, when people don't love themselves or they get to this mindset that they're not worthy of love, they cannot receive it at all. And it's the same thing when you don't believe that you're worthy of money, you're worthy of, 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 of kindness, you're worthy of all the other things. Then, um, then of course, you, uh, you make a 
massive negative impact in your life just because of the wrong relationship with yourself. Mm. So, um, so the first part of that begins with you, with yourself. And then the next part is our relationship with others, right? And then that relationship with others, of course, you every person categorizes them differently. Everybody uh, organizes those relationships with different meanings and everything else. And um, I always recommend to people one thing. Always know what you want out of your relationship. Because if you are not clear about what you want from your relationship, you will never be able to set the relationships in the way that it serves you and it will be confusing for the person that is in the relationship with you to be able to provide or even see if you are a good match yeah. see a lot of relationships that are built based on fear and dependency as opposed to be built based on freedom and goals yeah. so and true and the challenge with it, and, 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 and let me tell you this, because I've seen this several times over the past few months and years, that so many people get into one relationship after the next one, after the next one, after the next one. That can be any type of relationship, personal relationship, business relationships, partnerships, joint venture partnerships can be so many different types. They get to the relationship and two months, three months, four months down the road, um, they realize that this person that they're in a relationship with is not the right match for them. Uh, or they realize that this person is doing things they don't like. But if you ask them if you have ever told that person what you like, they haven't. And they're like, okay, so what do you like? And they're like, I don't know, but not this. And right. the problem is that as long as you say, I don't know, but not this, nobody can help you. Well, the and challenge so much is, is, is like you said, they haven't defined the, the terms of the relationship. They haven't discussed. And so many people get in relationships based on feelings that, that when the feelings go away, they have nothing. They have, they don't have a relationship because they have not built a plan, right? So, a couple of things I want to jump in. So, let's talk about forgiveness and the power of forgiveness for oneself, right? Because that's that's the first step. <laughs> Just like love, if you don't forgive yourself, you can't forgive others. Um, and then, and then we'll. I want to dig a little more into this intentionality, right? it's important to be intentional in your relationships and know, know what the relationship's for, right? Know what the goal is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, forgiveness, I don't really like, I don't have the numbers of the importance. Like this is the most important one. That's important. <laughs> there are things that are the top most important things. Right. So, I mean, like, I think we have a tie between eight things that are number one, most important. Things. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very hard, man. and it depends on what part of your life you are and which part uh, it becomes important, right? But there are two things, Robert, that from my point of view is very important. Number one, 
is understanding that you were wrong. <laughs> Many people don't have that capability. Ooh. Many people don't have the capability of understanding that they were wrong. And I mean, sometimes you may find yourself in a relationship with another person that you have been the person who always said sorry for the past five years, 10 years, 20 years. And you sit there and you're like, so you mean in 20 years, I have been the only person who has been wrong. Something doesn't make sense. Now, if you are a person that you say sorry and you know that you were wrong, know that you have an ability that there is a big percentage of people that don't have that ability and you have to be so proud of yourself. Hmm. You have to be so proud of yourself to recognize your mistakes, you know? One of the biggest things that hurt people is that some people don't understand that they're wrong or they're narcissistics or they're egotistical, right? They're either egotistical or they're narcissists. And, um, and, and they are never wrong, of course, because they're narcissists, right? And, and they never understand that they were wrong. And yet they end up in a relationship with a person who is not a narcissist. They end up in a relationship with a person that recognizes mistakes. And of course, the narcissist always makes the other person feel that that person was wrong all their life, right? Um, and, and what happens is that the person that is not a narcissist is like, oh my God, everything is my wrong. I'm not worthy. I am wrong. All right. So if you ever feel that you were wrong and you know that you were wrong, you were in the wrong, just know this about yourself that you are an amazing human being just because you can recognize that you made a mistake. And there are so many people out there that don't have that very basic understanding. So congratulations. If you have that feeling, do you understand you were wrong? Now, moving on to the next part of that, after that, right? is now that you understand that you are wrong, then being able to forgive yourself and being able to forgive yourself for one very simple thing. Every single one of us, all of us are human beings, every single one of us. And the best thing about human beings is that we can learn from our mistakes. Mm. And our mistakes don't define us. And if you constantly don't forgive yourself, you rob yourself from the opportunity of improving. Because when you don't forgive yourself for the mistakes you made, you start attaching a story to it. Mm. What's the story? That you are that person. Except that you are not your mistake. You're just a human being who made a mistake. And when you forgive that mistake for yourself, then you let go 
of that feeling that you are the person who constantly makes that mistake. If you lose money in an investment and you don't forget your, forgive yourself for losing that money, you constantly tell yourself, I'm a bad investor. Oh. And if you keep telling yourself you're a bad investor, you never invest again. And if you don't invest again, guess what happens? You are a bad investor because you have zero investments. Okay. And I tell you this other piece, and this might be a little bit more um, controversial, right? But like, for example, let's say a person is in a relationship and for whatever reason ends up cheating on that relationship, right? And, and constantly says, a cheater is always a cheater. Hmm. What you are taking on that responsibility, not taking on that responsibility, but you're, you're accepting that personality for yourself. As opposed to saying, wait a second, yes, I made a big mistake, but let me see what led me there. What was the thing that happened? And don't go through it narcissistically. Hmm. It's everybody else's fault that I did something I didn't want to. No, you did something you didn't want to. Okay, that's a mistake. If you if you wanted to, if you wanted to, by the way, then make sure that your next relationship, you set it correctly from the first place. You're like, hey, you know, I, I want to be in a polyamorous relationship. And now you're not cheating, right? Just set it right, whatever you wanted to, right? So the so question is like, what do you want, right? But if that's something that hurts you, that's something you don't want to, then make sure that you go to the sources. Like, okay, so this happened, this happened, this happened, and this is what triggers me. And I understand next time I'm not going to get myself to that place. Your healing begins from the place of being able to forgive yourself. Until you don't forgive yourself, you can't start healing. You can't start becoming a successful person financially if you stop, if you don't forgive yourself for all the financial mistakes you made. You can't become a good person in your relationships if you don't forgive the mistakes you made in your past relationships. You can't forgive, you can't become an amazing entrepreneur if you don't forgive the mistakes you made as an entrepreneur. You, your, your healing begins with forgiving yourself and looking for the source of the problem and trying to fix what caused that place. So what, what got you there? So sometimes people say, how can you be this way? And I said, that's a really wrong question. Don't ask a person, how can you do this? Sometimes people say, how can you do this to me? And I, if I hear that argument, I say, wait a second. What if we change that question and we ask it this way? How did we get here that you could do this? What was the journey? What was the story and how we got here? And sometimes you may not even know. So let's dig deep and let's figure it out. 
because if you don't want to do that again, if you don't want to be there again, you need to understand that source. So don't say, how can I be this person? Say, what happened that I ended up doing that thing? Hmm. How can I avoid it? But you have to forgive yourself first to even have the capability of asking yourself, how did I get there? So important. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about identity and, and the opportunity to be authentic and be who you were created to be. Yeah. Um, you know, identity is one of the things that starts shaping um, really far before you remember, like before any person remembers. Um, and, and you start shaping your personality and your behavior profile and all of those things um, from things that you don't even know. Um, and for example, in psychology, we always say being seen and being heard is the oxygen to psychology as what it is oxygen to biology. Mm. So if you don't get seen or heard in psychology, it's as if you're not getting oxygen in biology. How your physical body dies without oxygen, your psyche dies without, uh, without being seen or being heard. Well, why? Why is that? Because you actually would die when you were born if people couldn't see you or hear you. The moment that you were born, if you wouldn't cry, they would spank you on the ass and say, cry, because that's what saves your life. The second you were born, the baby is born, they gotta cry, right? Otherwise, they're, they're dead. And from that second, for the very first few months or years in their life, every time they want food, they have to cry. Every time they poop, they have to cry. Every time they need anything, they have to cry. They have to be seen, they have to be heard. We, as human beings, understand that if you are not seen or we are not heard, we are dead. That's part of our identity. And we don't even know where it began. It began from the second we were born. That's where your identity starts sharing, shaping. That's where your behavior and your, your, your everything else stop, starts sharing. Now, of course, during this process, and you're like, somebody says, Iman, that's not identity. That's not identity. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there to see how actually all of it become your identity. Because okay, six months old, you are dealing with another brother or sister that stops you from being heard or being seen with whatever they put you in a closet <laughs> they whatever do to you right and then from that moment from that fear you shape a piece you're like i'm gonna be tough i'll never let this happen to me you hear loud music somewhere that scares you, but you're a baby, you can't move. You start crying, nobody hears you. It frustrates you, six months old. 
you turn out to be a frustrated person. At a 35, at 50, at 60 years old, you're a frustrated person. And then you think, I'm a frustrated person. So yes, it's behavior, but then you keep the habit of it and you see it as your identity. And then, of course, as the life continues, you start not knowingly why, but you're impacting the way that you're relating to your uh, to your siblings or to your cousins. And all of that tells you, oh, I am this person, I am this person, I am this person. And you take on an identity that necessarily wasn't your identity, it just came from your habits based on reactive behavior uh, from childhood. And, um, and, and here's the thing, it's your responsibility to fix all of that when you turn 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Of course, we don't, because we're like not thinking about that. And we are thinking about, you know, let's get a job, let's get a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And, and let's do all the other things. And then as you get older, um, those things start hitting you. And of course, many people get their identity from their job or from other relationships because they never stopped and looked inside and understood themselves first. Hmm. So powerful. And, it, and it's that same intentionality that we talked about in wanting to start a business or wanting to have a relationship. And, and you have to be intentional about who you want to be and and how you want to become that person. So let's switch things up just a little bit. Let's talk about play and fun. And what do you love to do in your free time? Play and fun and what I love to do in my free time. So lots of different things. <laughs> I used to be a mountain climber. Then I fell off the mountain. So I was a mountain faller. And I hurt my knee. <laughs> Sorry, that mountain faller. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> and, and then I hurt my knee and got myself a herniated disc, but I didn't realize I got myself a herniated disc. So I went to rally driving and started jumping up and down with my car. And that was when I realized I actually have a herniated disc while I was driving. And I was like, okay, so this didn't work. And then uh, several years I worked on like strengthening my core and everything else. And I was like, what white water rafting? That's actually a good decision. So we started doing white water rafting and um, then it became winter and we were like, ah, yeah, that's not the best idea because I mean, like, I don't want to get cold or like white water rafting and cold. Long story short, recently, uh, after all my injuries in my body, I discovered electrical bicycles and I was like, you know what, I'm going to actually get on an electric bike and I'm going to ride my electric bike, except that I can't do anything like a normal person. So a year ago, I sat on my bicycle and I live in Vancouver, BC. And I said, how far can I go and not come back? So I actually sat on my bicycle and, and I said, okay, I can go as far as I can go to San Diego. I mean, like to, to Mexico's border, right? And, and, and that's exactly what I did. I actually sat on my bicycle and bicycled for 60 days, uh, 30 days of biking, 30 days of camping and resting and teaching and other things. And I biked for 2000 miles uh, on Pacific Coast Highway, 
uh, on a place that even when you drive with car, you think you're crazy. And then I was on a bicycle, like kind of on the side of the road, like riding the bike. And uh, I really enjoyed that. And then I left my bike in um, in San Diego, actually Vegas, I took it to Vegas and left it in Vegas because it was too hard to bring it back. And, um, and then I bought a new one and then I'm actually doing kind of like 10 day trips, seven day trips on bicycle and, and it's an e-bike. So, but, but it's a custom made e-bike that I get the base and I just customize it, which kind of a year ago, I had no idea about any of these things, but being a car guy, I like to actually fix things. And, um, I mean, fixing a bicycle is easier than fixing a bike, uh, fixing a car. So, I mean, that's a improvement. <laughs> a few less parts. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot, um, a few less parts, but yeah, but actually, um, uh, I think next week I'm going on a 10 day trip, uh, eight day trip, eight day trip, um, to Vancouver Island. And I'm going to ride about a thousand kilometers, which is like 600 miles and, um, in, nice. in eight days. Yeah. And, and camping and all the other things. Nice. And right, I so love traveling the world. I've been to 44 countries. So, um, I, one of my goals is to visit, uh, to visit about 195 countries. Um, there, there are about 220 countries in the world, but I want to, I want to visit at least 195 to wow. 200. And I'm, 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 I'm to 44. So <laughs> I have a long way to go. Nice, but a pretty good start compared to most. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so what's the big dream? The big dream, um, there's a final goal of making an impact in the lives of 100 million people. But honestly, the biggest dream is waking up every day and using that day to its fullest potential of creating happiness, joy, impact, and, uh, and fulfillment. That's the biggest dream, that every day matters, every day counts, and not sacrificing every day for another day in the future and knowing that today is what matters and um and not being stupid about it you know not saying that go lay on the beach and uh, you know sometimes we say like what's the dream and people say being on the beach and like drinking pina colada all day long i'm like yeah you know like i need impact i need i need change i need progress like a dream is bigger than just laying down and, and drinking pina colada. It's like, it's making an impact, having progress, growing and being happy and having joy all, you know, in one day. Nice. At the same time, not separate from each other, you know. Iman, thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to be here. And thank you very much, Robert, for the interview. Your amazing interview. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Robert Allen and Robert have a great conversation about money and creating streams of revenue. He shares a concept that he calls inoculate the money so that it doesn't make you think you are smarter than you are. Robert shares how he's learned how to use money, but the real wealth is the eternal wealth he has grown. Valuing people and relationships creates opportunities to learn, 
to grow, to serve, and to really help people when they need it. And giving is a wealth multiplier.